welcome to the award-winning show, Holding Down the Fort by U.S. Vet Wealth. We return for season six to answer the biggest question for career military families. So when are we going to get out? And everything involved with answering this question. I'm your creator and co-host, Jen Amos, and also with me is Jenny Lynn Stroop. Together, we will converse with special guests from and for our military community to share knowledge, resources, and relevant stories on how we can best hold down the fort while on active duty, going through transition, and into post-military life. Now, let's get into the show. Welcome back, everyone. Jen Amos here, just doing some quick announcements per usual before we dive into today's conversation. First and foremost, really excited to have our guest today. We have Kat Corchado. And a little bit about her. It's been 22 years since Kat Corchado transitioned out of the military as an Air Force veteran that had served for 20 years. And although she had enjoyed most of her civilian life as a personal trainer, it's only been in the recent years where she's asked herself, what's next? And it was during the heart of the pandemic, during the heart of quarantine, when she realized it was time to start the Sisters in Service podcast. In sharing her journey as a podcaster, she reflects on her surprisingly quiet military transition 22 years ago, how she enjoys supporting people to be better in their bodies, being a female veteran in today's society, and much more. Just know that you can reach out to Kat on all socials. You can find her in Sisters in Service. Of course, you can also check out the show notes of this episode to get those exact links on how you can get a hold of her. Last but not least, I want to go ahead and quickly talk about our sponsor, U.S. Vet Wealth. At U.S. Vet Wealth, we encourage you to navigate your military retirement pay and survivor benefit plan alternatives by getting free access to our white papers. And so just so you know, this is particularly for transitioning career military families who are the ranks of E7, E8, E9, O5, and O6, and you are preparing for transition or starting to think about transition, we highly encourage that you check out these white papers to learn how to navigate your military retirement pay and survivor benefit plan alternatives. All you got to do is visit our website, usvetwealth.com forward slash retirement pay. Once again, that's usvetwealth.com forward slash retirement pay. And there is no email opt-in necessary. It's just really, really important for us, our company, US Vet Wealth, to get these documents in your hands. One of the greatest things that you're going to learn in reading these white papers is how to protect 100% of your military pension. Now you're probably thinking, uh, well, I thought that I was already going to do that. I thought that I was already going to get 100% of my military pension. And my answer to that is, hey, if now you're doubting yourself because I'm bringing it up like this, go ahead and visit our website, usvetwealth.com forward slash retirement pay to download these white papers and learn more. Again, there's no email opt-in necessary. We just want to get these documents in your hands. And with that said, thank you so much, US Vet Wealth, for sponsoring our show today. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the award-winning podcast show, Holding Down the Fort. I am your creator and co-host, Jen Amos. 
And as always, I am so fortunate that despite everything that is going on in this woman's life, my co-host Jenny Lynn Stroop is with me. So Jenny Lynn, welcome back. Hey, so glad to be here today. Yes, so many things happening in life today. You have got me on my best, most proficient day here in the office. I'm happy that we are both here in person together recording. So for your listeners at home, you'll hear us pass the mic back and forth because we are sitting next to one another, which is so fun and the brightest spot in a very, very strange day. <laughs> yes. I mean, I think Dennis will make it sound like we aren't passing it back and forth. But just for our listeners, no, I actually tried to set up two separate mics. I legit, you could even look over there. You can't, listeners can't see this, obviously, but I have a whole box of other microphones, like literally two other microphones and then a whole other setup. And I actually tried setting it up before and one of the plugins wasn't working for the second microphone. So I was like, you know what? I'm not going to fix what's not broken. And we're going to stick to one microphone. So thank you, Jenny Lynn, for just constantly adapting to my changes on our show and sharing a mic with me. Thank you. Of course. Anytime. <laughs> Happy to be here. Yeah. All right. Well, on that note, we are really excited because I actually had a chance to be on this incredible woman's podcast show. And now I have invited her to be on my show. So without further ado, we have Kat Corchado, who is a retired Air Force vet who had served for 20 years. Super incredible. She's host of the podcast show Sisters in Service, where it's all about figuring out what it means to be a female veteran in today's society. And of course, I have noticed on our show, she has expanded to obviously other military connected people, which we'll probably get into in our conversation here. And also a fun fact is she's a fitness professional. She is a personal trainer and a Pilates instructor. So if she uh, coaches virtually, then hit her up because, you know, it's, it's still the beginning of the year. You can still, you know, kind of revive your New Year's resolutions <laughs> if you should, if you shall. But without further ado, Kat, <laughs> welcome to Holding Down the Fort. Thank you guys so much for having me. You guys are you know, it's fun to be here. I love doing these. So thank you so much for the invite. Yeah, absolutely. And I especially love that you're a podcaster because you totally get all the things that happened to us offline, even before we started recording. <laughs> it might look really cool at, you know, the end product looks you're like, oh, that's great. You don't know everything that went in between all of that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And th this is why I love like being connected with other podcasters because it's kind of like you get it. You know, it's like, oh, you know, absolutely. what's going on. it's kind of like if you know, I have pets, for example, and I talk to another pet person and I talk about my problems with my cat and how it kept me up all night this entire weekend because it wasn't neutered yet. And so I had to learn the hard way why you should neuter your cat. But that's a whole story <laughs> in itself. But if I talk to a cat person, they'll be like, I totally get that. You should have totally neutered them sooner than later. And I was like, well, it's a whole story. But yes, we are paying the consequences for not <laughs> neutering this cat. And I know that we didn't think we would have this conversation. I'm just trying to share the similarity that a podcaster gets the chaos that happens behind the scenes, just like a pet person understands a pet person. Absolutely. I totally get it. Um, Jenny Lynn, you don't have pets, <laughs> but I'm curious if you had any thoughts. You're right. I don't have pets. And I was totally giving you the side eye, which only cat could see on screen. Because no, that's not a conversation I'm ever going to have with you. Now, kids, when you throw a couple of kids in the mix, then we can chat about, you know, all the craziness of having children and watching them do crazy things while you're trying to record a podcast, which has <laughs> happened multiple times on this show. Yeah, absolutely. Honestly, I can't wait to listen to this recording afterward. I'm going to relive what happened offline by listening to this. So, but in the meantime, Kat, First and foremost, I just want to congratulate you for your 20 years of service. And we'll go into this more a little later. But 
even for myself and my own ignorance, you know, I don't often run into a lot of female veterans myself. And I do have a good friend who, you know, part of her business is primarily working with female veterans. So it's great to see that, you know, in the small percentage of being a female veteran, there's this sisterhood shameless plug for your podcast show, Sisters in Service, <laughs> you know, of just coming together and looking out for each other. So I'm curious if you have any opening thoughts about just that 20 years of service and kind of being where you are right now as a female veteran representing. Well, thank you for that question. I still tend to think of my service as just a little while ago until I do the math and realize it was 22 years ago. April 1st actually be 22 years. Wow. I know, right? So I've been out longer than I was in. But it still seems so fresh to me. Yeah. And to look back where I was and where I am now, it's like, who is this person? (laughs) But I've grown and that's what you want to do is grow and keep learning and keep growing. Because I truly believe that if you stop learning, you stop growing and you stand still and you never want to do that. And I never think of veterans, especially women veterans, standing still. Regardless of whether you're serving in the military, we also want to serve outside of the military. It's just finding that thing, you know, that thing that you go, that ignites you, that says, oh my God, this is great. This is what I want to do. And I think that's what podcasting has done for me. It's renewed it for me. Yeah, which I think is absolutely wonderful. I love that there are so many similarities between female service members and military spouses and that finding the thing. I mean, as you know, like within the military community, There's a constant move from duty station to duty station and you get that excitement of like a new boss, a new job, or then you become the boss and all of those things. And as a military spouse, you know, it's been really fun that now my husband's done 15 years. Like, you know, I finally kind of feel like I've come into my own and found the thing that I really love to do and that it's mobile. And one of the things that I do that I really love is also podcasting. This is one of my most favorite weekly things. And so it's nice to hear like your story on, you know, movement from, but man, crazy to think that your 20 years was 22 years ago. I I know it reminded me of a meme I keep seeing that says, you know, when I talk about the 90s, I'm talking about 20 years ago. And then you realize, (laughs) actually not, though. Actually, that was 30 years ago. And now I feel exceptionally old. (laughs) I know people say, well, how old are you? I said, I'm actually 84 years old. Okay, just just (laughs) no, I'm joking. They're looking to be like, what? Yeah, I I was like smiling in my mind. I was like, oh, my gosh, the first thing I'm going to say is, wow, she looks great for age. (laughs) We really should take this off black and white because I actually can't tell. Like, I was like, Man, that is, wow. Wow. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, Kat, I, I love how you kind of mentioned that even though this was 22 years ago, this is so crazy because it's 2022. That's the year of recording this. And like 22 years ago, you yes. served 20 years. That is that is mind blowing. I feel like you need to have like a holiday for this. It's like. <laughs> I know it's a special day, right? Yeah. Lots of twos today for sure. I mean, it's March, but you know. You had mentioned that it seems like it's just yesterday that you had transitioned out. And I would love for you to kind of go back into that headspace and share with us. And and you mentioned this in our pre-interview that it seemed like there was no road to transition. Like you had to figure it out on your own. And it was even a quiet transition. Yes. Like after all those years of service. And so tell us, go back to that time and, and tell us like what that experience was like for you to have served 20 years and then transition out quietly? I think for me, 
when you've been in for a long time, it's the one thing you fantasize about being a civilian. And you have this whole picture of what it is and what it will be. And so I never had any doubts about making it on the outside. You know, 20 years, you know, I have my pension, I've got my DD-214. So I walked out the door, you know, expecting a band, balloons, confetti, and organizations, you know, throwing contracts at me, like, pick me, pick me. I always tell people I felt like, I felt a lot like a first round draft pick in sports. And I walked out the door and there was nothing out there. And I thought, do I have the right day? What's going on? (laughs) And I proceeded to walk forward and I dropped right off the cliff. I just did this free fall and I didn't understand what was happening. I had no idea what was going on. And so I kind of just figured it out a little bit. You know, I thought, okay, let me just backtrack a little bit. (laughs) Let me just see what's going on. So I did the normal thing, you know, you put in your resumes because I was a communications project manager. So I went to a project manager interview and I swear to you, the young man behind the desk was no more than 12 years old because that's how he looked. (laughs) He looked so, you know, right at the top of your resume is your service, you know, Air Force veteran or and the dates. And he looked down, he goes, oh, this is all great, but you don't have a degree. And I said, don't you see those 20 years up there? And they nixed me because of that. I did not have a degree. Now, while I was in the service, I was also a single parent. And so, you know, we all know how much money you make in the military. So I needed a part-time job because of being a single parent, I needed a part-time job that didn't have part-time hours. So fitness seemed that thing, an hour or two here and there, and I could be home in time for my kid to be home. And so that's where my fitness started. And so by the time I got out, I'd been doing probably maybe 10, 12 years of being personal trainer and fitness and teaching, you know, classes. And I thought, well, let me pivot here. Let me see if I can go do this. So I talked to my husband, bless his heart. He's been that rock. He's the one said, yeah, go do it. And so that's what I did. I went into personal training and from there, I went into Pilates and, you know, other certifications. And I said, you know, I think I can be good at this. I think I can make money at this. And I'm so glad that I did because I proved to myself that I could do it. And so that's been one of my loves since leaving the service is helping other people get healthier and be better in their bodies. Because when your body's better, your mind is open. You know, you can think, you can do what you need to do. And so I then added Pilates. So I've been 15 years as a Pilates instructor in helping people just be aware of their body, where they are in space. So then, you know, I still love fitness, but I thought, you know, there's got to be something else. And where were my veteran sisters? And it was 9-11, you know, because we don't really say... Oh, I'm a veteran. We kind of just, you know, if you're not around veteran people or veterans or or even in a base anywhere, people who weren't in the military, associated with the military, don't understand. So you kind of keep it to yourself. And I remember right after 9-11, my husband and I were going into a grocery market or grocery store, and there was a guy outside selling these little flags that you could put on your car to commemorate those that that helped out with 9-11 and those that didn't make it through 9-11. 
And he said, would you like to buy a flag? And I said, no, thank you. And he said, well, what have you done for your country? <gasps> and I said, I did 20 years for my country. Mm, tell him. And I turned around and, and I walked to the store and then I started second guessing myself. And I turned to my husband. I said, do you think we should buy a flag? He goes, we have nothing to prove. Mm. We wore the uniform. You can't see that on the outside. There's no sign that says we wore the uniform. And that's when I started thinking, why don't people know that I'm a veteran? Because I haven't spoken up. Mm. And that's when I started looking around for, I'm like, where are these women? So in that time, we were living in Massachusetts. We moved to North Carolina. I started going to all these organizations, you know, veteran coffees and mm -hmm. all of those things. And the strangest thing was that they were all male dominated. Like if there were a hundred people at this organization, three of them were women mm -hmm. and women didn't feel from what I was told that they could really talk about what they need to talk about in this type of environment. And so 17 years at that point, I found the women veterans. I didn't find it. It found me. <laughs> <laughs> the Women Veterans Network. And I got invited to a roundtable discussion and it was all services, all eras. And we just, I mean, we chatted for like two hours. And I thought, this is what's been missing. This is what's been missing is this. And so I'm now a national consultant with them, but it's that one thing that I say, this is what I needed. And from there, I, I found my love of podcasting was through there because you find your leadership style again, but you're more of a leader of yourself. You know how to, what you need to do and, and understanding that gut instinct that you have, that if your gut says go with it, you go with it, regardless of what other people are saying, because your gut will never steer you wrong. And so my gut instinct was to make this podcast mine and what I wanted to say and, and what part I wanted to play. And so I'm so glad that I did. Now I'm here today on your podcast. <laughs> oh man. I love that you've found your community. Jen and I on here talk a lot about community and yes, there is a military community as a whole, but there are a lot of subsections. I mean, I am part of the military spouse community and you are part of the female veteran community. And there is something about like all of those subsets that do need to hear that they are valuable and valued and a part of the bigger community. I know that the clinic I work for in San Diego, one of our big initiatives is letting female veterans know that we serve them, you know, because there hasn't been a lot of focus on female vets. And, and truthfully, they have a lot of needs that do differ from their male counterparts. And so you know, that's been a big portion of my outreach out in San Diego is how do we let female vets know that we are for them? So it's really nice to hear that you have found that community for yourself and are then, you know, helping other people like yourself through the work that you do with the women's veteran program. Well, I think the one thing that they talk about all the time for those that are getting out right now is that road to transition. And I laughingly tell people that there wasn't a road, there wasn't a path. I think there was grass and I had to make my own way. <laughs> I really did. I had to make my own way. And so a lot of these organizations that are out there now weren't available to me when I got out. Right. There was nothing. I mean, maybe there was at that time, but I didn't know about it because no one told me. Mm -hmm. And now there's all these organizations out there, which I think is amazing. But now the problem is there's so much out there. It's like drinking from a fire hose. 
You don't know where to start. (laughs) You don't know what to do. So when, when that happens, you do what? You stand still and you don't move. Yeah. And so it's kind of highlighting those veteran service organizations that I think are amazing or that want to help all veterans, you know, on my podcast and saying, Hey, have you seen this? Mm-hmm. This is what this organization does. So it's the transition's never easy. I expected it to be easier. And what I kept hearing is that, oh, transition is so hard. It's so hard. And I'm like, it's 20 years later. What do you, what? What do you mean it's difficult? What's what's wrong with this picture? Yeah. And so it's only through veterans coming together and helping each other mm-hmm. that we're getting this done because the outside community. They don't get it and they don't understand it and they don't know how to help veterans. One, you brought up a a great point in that. I mean, we are very fortunate this day and age and this era of service that we have a ton of resources. Also, we have a ton of resources. (laughs) Right. And, you know, I mean, it's like both death by PowerPoint and drinking through a fire hose. Like anytime you go to look for something and it's that, you know, it's voices like yours letting the community know, hey, look, I've vetted this one out. I mean, one of the things Jen and I often talk about and I talk about with work is like, we are a community of trust. And like, I'm not going to X, Y, Z unless, you know, five of my friends went, yep, I went there and I can vouch for, I mean, I don't even go to the dentist without asking other, you know, military spouses in the area. Like, hey, we just moved here. Where do we go? And you get the list of don't go to this one. Don't go to this one. This one's okay. This, you know, and, you know, I think the same is for like, especially transition resources and post-service resources. It's like, there are a ton of people out there doing a ton of good for our community and often some of them get lost in the shuffle of the ones with the loudest voices or the better marketing strategy. And so or more money. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> For sure. More money. <laughs> you know, so having, having folks like you speak directly to the community with like, Hey, look, I've checked them out and they're great. And this is the service they provide is very helpful. Yes. I, I try to, you know, when I hear something and I, I kind of dig in and try to figure out, you know, then we have a meeting and I want to know, I'm like, tell me more about this organization. What are you doing? And so when it's very unique, I just did one with a guy who his organization is called Vet Gigs. And it's if you want to be, you know, you're not a nine to five person, but, you know, maybe you want a project to work on and get paid for that project. You know, I thought that's really cool. I haven't heard about that before. So just stuff like that, that I think is just really unique. Yeah, Absolutely. I do appreciate you sharing, Kat, about how there was really no road to transition and you had to, you know, figure it out on your own. And I'm so glad that you did because I think that you are correct. Like, I do think that it takes a fellow veteran or military connected person in post military life to, you know, help and support one another. And with that being said, I thought I would take this time, the first time, to do a live ad read on our show and uh, talk a little bit about. If people are looking for resources during that time of transition, our company, US Vet Wealth, specializes in financial services for career military families. So for example, if you are investing for retirement in a thrift savings plan, 401k, individual retirement account or IRA, or similar traditional retirement accounts because everyone said so, then you might want to check out the book, The Veteran Retirement Rescue, How to Protect Your Retirement Savings from the Certainty of Uncertain Times. Because we know in the military that life is very uncertain. And I'm very proud to share that 
My husband, Scott Tucker, actually wrote this book, who is also the founder of our company, US Vet Wealth, and the sponsor of our show. So the best way I can explain this book is to read a review by one of our financial experts. And he says, Mike Seabolt says, if you are nearing retirement, you must read this book. Your time and commitment to serve our country deserves recognition, and you deserve to make the most out of your post-military life. Unfortunately, it's often common that the government plan doesn't work for everyone who serves. However, too many of our veterans don't know that they have options. Hence why we also do Holding Down the Fort, because we love to share a ton of options you know, that can continue to help our military families stay engaged and know that they have choice. Even if it's a fire hose of information, at least in a way, I think it's kind of a good thing because it's like, OK, well, at least we have a lot of stuff now. So now it's up to the individual to be like, OK, I want to make sure that what I'm getting is best for me and et cetera, et cetera. And so if you're looking for those type of resources, especially in regards to your thrift savings plan, this book will lead you to a path of financial freedom and allow you to take ownership of your future. For our listeners, normally you can get this book on Amazon or Kindle, but it's actually free for our listeners. And you can check it out in the show notes on how you can get a copy of that PDF today or the PDF version. You can get a copy of this book for free by checking out the link to our show notes here. All that being said, we just hope that this is one more tool to help you in paving your own path to transition. And so with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and jump back into our conversation and talk with Kat here once again and talk a little bit about your post-military life now. And I was listening to the first episode of your show, Sisters in Service, Kat, and I figured it'd be cool to give a shout out to the Welcome Veteran Program in Charlotte that kind of eventually led you to, to participate with the Women Veterans Network. What I find most interesting, though, Kat, is that you kind of started this journey less than five years ago. You know, it's like here you are 10, 15 years into being this incredible Pilates instructor, personal trainer. And it's only really in the last five years that you started to explore your identity as a female veteran. So tell us a little bit about that. Yes. Well, I think what had happened was I'm always at, you know, you, you get to a point in your life and you think, okay, what's next? What's next? What's next? And I had never listened to podcasts before. My husband listens to them all the time. And somewhere I, in my brain, it said, hey, what about a podcast? And I was like, that sounds like a great idea. But of course we're busy, right? We've got things going on. And I didn't know anything about podcasting. And then COVID hit. So in 2020, October 2020, you know, I remember them saying, and this was back when we thought it was just going to be a couple months. And the question was put to me, what will you have accomplished in the few months that we've been shut down for COVID? And I thought, wow, now's the time to do this. So I took a course, I learned all about it, and I had a date, and I launched on that date. <laughs> the problem was you're supposed to launch with five or six, and I launched with one. <laughs> <laughs> the, the trailer, the trailer. It's okay. It was just a trailer. <laughs> That's what I say when I don't post for a while. I know. The bonus episodes. I meant to do that. I meant to do that. I did. And I thought, you know what? I was so passionate about it that I said, it doesn't matter to me. I'm going to keep doing this. So I'm coming up on my year and a half anniversary of being a, a content creator and podcast host. And I am just exploring all sorts of different avenues of ways that I can be relevant and give information, you know, out to all of these women. And basically it's, it's for all 
veterans, but I, I really focus on women, but also military spouses, military brats, veteran service organizations, because they all tie into this veteran community that we're doing. And so I'm not shy to say this. I'm going to be 65 in June. And then, you know, people say, oh, I was really scared. And I'm like, you know, what am I scared of? Mm. <laughs> when I look back, you know, when you look back on your life and you go, holy crap, how did I get through that? And you're here to talk about it. This is no big deal. Okay. Yeah. You'll look silly. Who cares? Yeah. You know, you'll probably say you'll probably go viral because you were, you were trying to be serious and it ended up being silly. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's the one thing I never thought about was like, I go, Hey, I did the podcast. Good to go. And they said, what about the marketing? And I said, what about it? And they said, well, you got to market it. And I was like, well, who said that? <laughs> and so that's been the hardest part for me, but it's also been fun. So it's just learning new things and being out there. I'm not trying to be young. I'm just trying to be me. Yeah. And as I get older, then I'm more and more relevant as I get older, not shrink back. Because that's what a lot of women do when they get older as they say, oh, you know, now I'm this age, I got to act like this and I got to be like this. And, you know, I'm still 15 in my head. So. <laughs> yeah. You know, Kat, I, I'm like absolutely inspired by you. I mean, I'm basically like half your age and yeah, I still have so much to learn in life. But no, I, I'm absolutely in admiration. And it's, you know, women like you that continue to remind me that I'm going to be okay because there are women who still want to stand out, put themselves out there no matter what age. I remember in my 20s, my hairstylist was in her 70s, you know, and she she actually started her career in her mid 30s when I think she started to become not an empty nester, but she started to have more time away from her kids yes. and she wanted to have her own identity and career. And, you know, 35, 40 plus years later, here she is still, you know, hairstyling and just doing the thing and looking That's great amazing. you know for her yes. age and it is very inspirational and i think what i love about podcasting cat is like i mean yeah it may seem like it's for the young folk but it's like it's the one long form media that still exists out there that humanizes people unlike you know social media and other mediums where it just seems like it's constant clickbait or it's all about those headlines that tap into your primal emotions and make you angry or be like, what is that about? And makes you gossip. But, you know, podcasting is still that rare space where you can humanize people and realize that, you know, there is a lot to learn from anyone from, you know, any age, any walk of life, any background. Yes. And your existence is an example of that. And it's a form of inspiration. So, you know, even if the whole marketing side is, you know, still in the works in a sense. It doesn't matter because I remember when I started podcasting, I did it for me. I was like, I just want to exercise my voice because I didn't have that in my own family, in my culture, in society. And on top of that, being a Gold Star family member, I was led to believe that I am not supposed to be seen. You know, I am not supposed to exist. And yet podcasting gave me that platform to be like, oh my gosh, I can exist. I am existing. And people like my shows. They're leaving reviews. They want to be a guest on the show. I have a co-host now. You know, <laughs> she's been with me for three, four seasons now. Like, how yeah. did that happen? Look, yeah. look at me. <laughs> that's that's awesome. Yeah, no, I love that to all that you and Jen said. I will be 40 in about six weeks. And it's one of those things that's like, I feel like that's like the marker of time for people where you like kind of go, oh, I'm 40 or, oh, I'm 40. And I I have to say that I am the latter. Like uh, ages ago, 
when Oprah was still on every afternoon, she did this show and she interviewed women in different decades. And I was in my 20s. And the woman who was 30 in her 30s was like, yeah, I just, you know, really came into my own. And, you know, it was so much more myself than in my 20s and me at the ripe old age of like 22 at the time of watching this was like, that is such BS. Like, come on, I'm 22. (laughs) I know all the things everywhere. Like I am for sure myself. (laughs) And here I sit six weeks and 40. And I was like, that girl knew zero things about zero things. And that my 30s really have been that time where I've really learned about myself. And I look forward to 40 and going Like, look at all. I mean, Jen could probably see this written on my face. In addition to my back windshield issue that totally threw me off today, like I (laughs) am drowning with the weight of opportunity in such a good way, but also in such a very like there are a lot of things that are coming my way that are fantastic things. And I'm learning which ones are really for me. And I love that about being 40, like everything, almost 40, everything doesn't have to be a yes. And also like the opportunities didn't stop just because like, you know, I'm 39. Like, and then, you know, listening to you share your story that like, you know, just a couple years ago, you started, well, not even two full years, you started this podcast. Like there are some dreams I've had for a while now that sometimes I look at and go, what if I've let that go too long? What if, you know, I was supposed to write that a couple of years ago and now that I'm older, it no longer is for me. And I think, you know, listening to you go, look, I just, you know, learn, read some things and did the thing. And I'm like, okay, all right, I can still do the thing. Well, I think as you get older, too, is that you start to rely more, especially for women, on that gut instinct. That mm-hmm. gut instinct is either mm-hmm. a hard yes or it's like, yeah, no. <laughs> and so I've I've gone with that when someone says something and my gut goes, mm, I don't know. And I'm like, eh. mm-hmm. but if it's a yes, it's a yes all the way. And that's what this was for podcasting. Mm-hmm. You know, my husband looked at me and he's like, oh, okay. You know, and I got the equipment and I did what I was supposed to do and I did it. And I, and my husband even said, he goes, I'm so proud of you. And it was just this labor of love. It still is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's something I love doing. And one of them is our interviews where, you know, I get to talk to people and find out what they're about and tell me wh- who you are and what you do. And all of this stuff. And it's just, it's just an amazing community, I think. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I completely agree with you, Kat, that podcasting is a labor of love. It truly is because, you know, I can imagine even in your position to maybe run the show on your own. And some of us are fortunate to have editors to help us with, you know, a portion of the work, but that's just not, that's not all of it. There's still the show notes. There's, you know, and, and again, the marketing part and, and everything, there's a lot. And so but it's more of like the benefits kind of outweigh the labor in a sense. Yes. Like for me, you know, Tuesdays are my big day of recording, especially with Jenny Lynn. And, you know, depending on how the weekend went, I could either be excited for this day or dread this day because <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm going to have a whole day of conversations or, oh my gosh, I'm going to have a whole day of conversations. Exactly. <laughs> and then it's really like after the fact where you listen to the final product and you're just like, I'm so glad I did that. Because like, you know, you don't just, 
go off the corner and talk to someone and, and have them share their life story with you. That doesn't happen, especially in post-pandemic times. I think we're all like slightly more paranoid in many ways, but to start to have something such as podcasting to be able to sit like this and be real with each other for this time frame, it's beautiful. Yes. And this is why I felt excited to bring you on the show because I was like, oh, fellow podcaster, she gets like how this is truly a labor of love. And you know what, Kat? I don't know about you, but like now when people ask me if they want to start a podcast, I'm kind of like, well, if you want to start a podcast, like it depends on like where you're at. Like, I think a lot of us romanticize starting a podcast and how quote unquote easy it's going to be. <laughs> but then, and, and you know, Jenny Lee and I are fortunate to have like 130, 40 episodes under our plate. And I know, I know you've like, you've been doing it for a year and a half and you've done over 60 episodes. And I kind of think like, oh man, if I go back, if like, if anyone asks me, like, should I do podcasting? If they ask me that question, I'm like, well, it depends. <laughs> It's like, are you ready? Are you ready to put in the labor of love, you yeah. know, that this takes? And more importantly, are you ready to pour your heart out? Are you ready to mm-hmm. like work through the uncomfortable moments of hearing your voice, which Jenny Lynn still hasn't done on our show? What Jen's really saying is you want to find a podcast that already exists and you want to become the co-host, which is exactly how I got into this. Because that is the best labor of love because I am a really good shower upper yes. and talker. <laughs> I can attest to that. Jenny Lynn is great and she holds me accountable to have the show. But all that being said, Kat, just congratulations to you for everything that you have been doing up until this point. In addition to being a fitness professional, you are doing this incredible podcast show, helping people in our community feel seen, heard, validated, and all that good stuff. As we start to wrap up here, I thought that we can kind of go back in time again in back in your transition. And I was curious to know, because part of the theme for holding down the fort this season is answering the question, when are we going to get out? <laughs> and I know we talked about this offline. I wanted to ask you if you, you know, if you were able to go back, you know, let's say three, five years before transition, what would you tell your younger self? What would you tell her before she transitioned? Great question. I would tell her to trust herself, Mm. trust in what she has to offer. And just because you get told no once doesn't mean you're not going to succeed in something else. Because you have that fear getting out of the military of someone saying no and no and no. And if I hadn't had that to fall back on, I'm not sure where I would have been. But to stay strong, believe in yourself. Because if you don't, no one else will, and that you're going to be okay. Wow, that's beautiful. I think that's great. And I love that this is the theme we're going with this year. My husband's at 15 years in, so we are essentially in that window of like, hey, we could retire. We could retire in air quotes. We could retire in five <laughs> years. You know, and, and again, back to kind of like the age conversation, too, of that coming into your own and trusting yourself, like what a gift it would have been at, you know, 22 years ago for you to be able to go like, I know that I can do this, whatever this looks like. So I think for all of those listening that are nearing that transition point or just transitioned out or, you know, maybe this whole thing is new to you. I mean, you're trying to figure out what this community and this life looks like, like the answer is always trust yourself like yes and it will come and you will figure it out and the support is there to help you at whatever point you are in this life i think one of the things that's very unique to veterans is that we don't 
very easily give up. Mm. Right. And on top of the fact that I'm super stubborn. So, <laughs> I, you know, no, you're no, this is not going to beat me. So let's find another way. Let's see how else it's going to look so I can deal with it. Yeah. The last thing I want to add, Kat, is thank you for coming back 20 years later to serve our community. And I mentioned this because I think about even my own family. We're, we're a gold star family. And, you know, I lost my dad when I was 10 and it took me till 20 plus years to come back. I blame my husband and, <laughs> and uh, his involvement in the military community and what we do at US Vet Wealth. But I blame him in the best way possible because, you know, there was a point where I felt like I was kind of living under his shadow. And with the colleagues we work with, they're all veterans and, But then I realized that there was a gap that was missing, which was the voice of the military family. And I knew that meant that I had to go back and reflect on my past as, you know, being raised in a career military family and being a gold star family. And just like what you mentioned earlier, Kat, like coming back 20 years later and realizing that some things are still the same. You're like, wow, like this is, I mean, yes, there's more resources now and we're extremely grateful for it, but that, that emotional transition to like post-military life is still very much real and alive. Yes. And even with all the resources, and we just had a conversation with Olivia Nunn about this from MOA is that even if there are resources, there's not enough still to make it as accessible to our veterans and military family members because they're inundated with too many people to take care of already. So to continue to bring light to all of this is amazing and wonderful. And I just want to thank you again for coming back to the community 20 years later to amplify our stories and to have this conversation with us today. Absolutely. it's. I realized after starting the podcast that as women veterans, we serve in the military, but we also want to be of service out of the military. You just have right. to find what that what is that thing that ignites you that says to you, I want to do this. And like you said, it doesn't feel like work to me. And it's something that I just enjoy to the utmost. Yeah. And through podcasting, I got to meet you. So I get to meet other women veterans and and veteran, you know, military spouses. And it's been amazing. Yeah. Well, Kat, let our listeners know if they want to get a hold of you and subscribe to your podcast. How can they find you? Well, the podcast is on all social media platforms. Wherever you listen to your podcast, you you won't miss it because it's got a big old purple thing that says Sisters in Service. Per- By the way, purple is my favorite color because I think we're all queens. Just saying. Yes. And- <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and if you type into social media, Cat Corchado or Sisters in Service, I should pop up. Perfect. And if you want to get to me through email, it's sistersinsvc at gmail.com. Perfect. Well, Kat, it has been an absolute pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you. Again, this was lovely. And I appreciate all you're bringing to the military and veteran community table. Thank you. Awesome. With that said, thank you all so much for listening. We hope you got a lot of value out of today's conversation. And with that said, if you want to get a hold of Kat, you can, her contact information will be provided in the show notes. So thank you all. And we'll chat with you in the next episode. Tune in next time. Hey, thanks again for joining us here at Holding Down the Fort by US Vet Wealth. I'm your creator and co-host, Jen Amos. And of course, with me is Jenny Lynch Stroop. 
We thank you so much for listening to our show. If you got a lot out of our conversation today, be sure to leave us a five-star written review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser, or you can leave us a kind LinkedIn recommendation on our LinkedIn profiles. Learn more about Holding Down the Fort by visiting holdingdownthefortpodcast.com. And there you'll also be able to find us on social media and how to contact us directly. We thank you all so much for joining us. Last but not least, thank you so much to our sponsor, US Vet Wealth, for making this show possible. Be sure to learn more about our sponsor at usvetwealth.com. With that said, we will see you in the next episode. Tune in next time.